Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here. And I have a poetry submission to share with you. And those of you who are writing poems about your homecoming journey, you can send them to me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. And today's poem is from Mickey Brown. Mickey is a visual artist and a poet, and I love this piece. So I'm excited to share with you Mickey's work. And this piece is called Growth Spurts. One day, I won't need to remind myself to stand up straight. My chest will naturally look to the pitch black crow on sky blue. My shoulders will settle into the earth of my bones. My spine will turn into a spear of obesidin to protect me in the night already. My feet are rooted more solidly to the planet more immovable by the poison on their lips. It helps that I've been stomping lately, stomping my bones into place, vertebrae into line already. My hands are getting stronger. I had forgotten. Strong hands look strong. My palms are thicker and my fingers have extended, like my muscles had forgotten they could come home. It helps that more has been asked of me. More and more rocks added to my heart, but I have stood firm and held my heart high, high enough to touch the sun. I can tell that I've been getting stronger, swelling to match the boundaries of the sky, taking pride in my loud feet and my huge hands. Let me kick the moon into the sky and catch the stars as they fall. I'll put it all back when I learn to stand so straight that I can reach. Oh, my goodness, Mickey. Mickey, indeed, you are a poet. And I thank you for that piece. It has blessed me, and I am sure it has blessed our readers as well. And so this growth, this growth is something else. No longer shrinking, but stomping until our bones fall into place. And I am excited about that, us taking pride uh, in our growth, recognizing and appreciating it. Well, today's topic is on Indigenous Healing Pathways, Indigenous Healing Pathways. And I thought this topic was so important because although you will hear this episode in a couple of weeks, I'm actually recording it on November 27th, which is Native American Heritage Day. And so on Native American Heritage Day, I thought it would be important to share with you some indigenous understandings as it relates to healing, wellness, and psychology. Western psychology has often focused on cognition, on the thoughts, 
and unfortunately has often left out the other aspects of ourselves. And so when we think about indigenous healing practices, those of American Indians or Native American, uh, indigenous people, First Nation peoples, uh, then we are really looking at holistic healing, right? Mind, body, spirit, and relationship. And it is really important that we take into consideration the multiple ways, the diverse ways in which people have come to understand themselves, define themselves, and go about healing uh, themselves and within community. And so I want to give you a couple of key understandings as we think about indigenous healing. And so the first one I want to name is a focus on spirit. And many times, uh, unfortunately, traditional psychology often leaves out spirituality. And in fact, as I've shared on this podcast, um, research by Dr. Ed Shafransky finds that mental health professionals are less likely to indicate being spiritual or religious than the general public. And so that has often resulted in people creating therapeutic approaches that focus on the mind and don't attend to the spirit. And if you're working with someone who, for whom spirituality is important uh, and who considers spirituality important, well, uh, in the U.S., people of color are more likely uh, to endorse spirituality and religiosity as important. And women are more likely to indicate that their spiritual or religious traditions are important to them. And so then what does it mean to serve people and to leave out an important component of their identity? And so I invite you to really consider your spirit as you think about your healing and your wellness. And when I speak about that, I really mean it from a strength-based place, right? So Western psychology um, often focuses on pathology or problems or issues, and those are uh, important, but they are not your whole story. And so there uh, is a part of you an aspect of you that is not defined or confined by the stress and trauma that you have faced, right? There is an aspect of you uh, that is deeper than that, that is sacred. Um, and so to really start to uh, connect with what are the ways I nourish my spirit? What are the ways that I affirm my sacredness? What are uh, the ways in which I have a vision for my life that is beyond the appearance of things? And when I'm doing uh, training and uh, teaching future psychologists, one of the things I say to them is we are, um, as healers, as therapists, as mental health professionals, we are uh, the holders of the hope in the room. What does that mean? It means that when I look at my life circumstance, when I look at what has hurt me, what has disappointed me, 
uh, the ways I have been rejected or abandoned, then those circumstances would often predict for me that the rest of my life would be doomed as a result of that. And so for me to believe that there is more to me than what has been done to me, it requires uh, a faith of sorts. It requires a sense of spirituality that goes beyond the material, that goes beyond my condition. And so what I want to say to you from a spiritual perspective is your condition and your circumstance are not the same as your identity. Let me say it again. Your condition and your circumstance are not the same, are not the fullness, are not the uh, complete definition of who you are. And so it's important that we name and address our stress, our pain, our trauma, our challenges, our conditions. And it is also important that I recognize that there is more to me than perhaps even what I have seen, right? Uh, to believe uh, that is what allows you to show up and do this work. And I know you all have written me that these homecoming journeys are not easy, right? It is uh, challenging, but it is also our honor. It is our right to come home to the truth of who we are. So what, in whatever way that manifests for you to think about the fullness of your identity, to think about yourself as a sacred being, to recognize uh, that your life circumstances might predict a very limited life based on what you have been through, but that does not have to be uh, the fullness of your life when we really take in uh, the beauty of our spirits and our spirituality. So uh, while we recognize the importance of the mind, you know, what is the root of your hope? What is it you have faith in? What is it that is keeping you going on this journey, even if you have not experienced the goodness or the fulfillment that you are moving toward, right? That you are moving in the direction of. And while I know some of you, homecoming is about recovering who you were before, I'm also aware there are those on the journey who are walking toward, working for something you have never seen, right? That is not just, I wanna be who I was last year or five years ago or 10 years ago, but I am in some ways creating myself from scratch, co-creating <laughs> something new, right? Something eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, right? What is about to manifest. And so uh, to consider the role of your spirit in your homecoming. The second piece we want to really gather from indigenous healing is our definition of what it means to be healthy. And again, in Western psychology, the measure of us being uh, mentally or emotionally healthy is often limited to the intrapsychic, which would mean the internal, 
right? So if we said, well, psychologically, what does it mean to be psychologically well? We would often describe uh, the inner workings of our mind. Uh, but from an indigenous perspective, we recognize that the manifestation or the sign or indication that I am healthy will also be demonstrated in my relationships in how I relate to nature, how I relate to people, how I relate to my ancestors, that those uh, relationships, right, those connections are a part of what it means for me to be healthy, right? So it's like, if I say I'm in a good place, I'm, I say I'm in a well place, if I only measure that by my own thoughts, uh, then it will startle some people if you see me treating other people in an abusive way, in a controlling way, in a manipulative way, right? Because I am not examining the ways in which I show up in the world. So when I say I'm in a healthy place, right, that I am holistically healthy, then I am not uh, the sole observer of that. And that's why I appreciate in some of the letters you all have written me, uh, you've talked about how uh, people have noticed whether some of you have written about your spouses, even listening to homecoming with you and you all, you know, kind of growing together. Other people have talked about their friend and your friends introducing you to the homecoming podcast and uh, that being a part of, of the journey and the process. And so uh, in your relationships, those uh, being a manifestation of my heart, my mind, my spirit, that where I am internally, you know, as we would say in my tradition, you, you should show some sign, right? <laughs> there ought to be some fruit. There ought to be some fruit to go with those roots. So if the roots are uh, in a healthy place, are operating in wellness, in balance, in humility, then that should show up in my parenting. It will show up uh, in my teaching. It will show up in the way I am a friend. It will uh, show up, right? And so there is a, um, a harmony between my inner world and my outer world. And so the ways in which I walk through uh, my life experience, it is, there is some consistency between what I am working out internally and then the ways in which I connect with people, right? That when I have a sense of clarity about my worth and my identity uh, and my values, right? Then a part of those values and my being settled within myself, right? Being complete and at home within myself, then I will show up uh, without arrogance, right? I will show up and not need or want to humiliate other people. Uh, I will show up uh, with a sensitivity, right? With an awareness, with a presence 
to what is happening with those around me and what we are building together, right? That we are not just about self-promotion and not about uh, maximizing my voice in order to silence other people. Then if, when we see that, we would say, uh, this is not wellness, right? This is not wellness. But instead I honor the life and the rights and uh, the well-being of those around me, not in place of my own, right? So not, you know, I so honor them and that I erase myself, but uh, that the honoring of me and my understanding uh, and appreciation for humanity will often show up uh, in me being relational and me being community-minded, uh, community-aware, and in me showing up with compassion, yes? So I invite you to not only think about how you are nourishing your spirit and being more aware of your spirit, and also I invite you to think about where am I in my relationships? As I've been on this homecoming journey, as I, as I have been deepening my awareness and my insights, how has that um, shown up or not shown up and how I am relating to other people. And then as I also mentioned nature, how I am uh, relating uh, to the earth, uh, how I am being mindful of our environment um, and how I think about my connection to those who came before me, right? Honoring um, our, my ancestry, uh, my heritage, all of those pieces are a part of my homecoming journey. And then we also recognize uh, from the standpoint of indigenous healing is that our, um, our transformation also requires um, a restoring of our emotions, a restoring of the heart. And this is so important because uh, so many of us on the homecoming journey have had to deal with heartbreak. And I know from your letters that some of you are in the midst of it right now, uh, whether your heart was broken from romantic relationships, uh, from divorce, from disruption in your family of origin, uh, having been rejected by your parents or by your children, uh, by your community. And so uh, from an indigenous standpoint, it would be to really honor the heart and honor our feelings uh, that sometimes with uh, cognitive psychology in particular, there can be such a focus on uh, the thought realm and logic and reasoning, but to the extreme where we can uh, demonize or pathologize or be dismissive of feelings, right? And I want to tell you on today that your feelings are important, that your heart is important, that it is not just about uh, what we would call intellectualizing, <laughs> where we can, you know, overthink and overthink, uh, but there is not a connection between my thinking and my feeling, right? Or there is a dishonoring 
of the fact that my heart may be broken, right? And some of you, your hearts have been broken by grief and by loss. And this is especially significant during this time of year when many families um, are either gathering uh, physically or virtually. And so uh, while there is um, an importance of shifting perspective, of challenging distorted thoughts or adopting a new mindset, I invite you to not leave your heart behind, right? I invite you to consider the value, the beauty of being able to feel. And I know sometimes feelings can feel messy. It can seem like a nuisance or a burden, especially those of us who feel deeply who are often called sensitive. I want you to know that there is a gift and a beauty to not being disconnected, right? If I still feel, then that is a way, connecting with my heart, that's a part of homecoming, right? If, if I have cut myself off emotionally, even from myself, then I am far from home, right? And so to give yourself permission to feel again and to note not just your productivity, right? That's often when we say, well, how am I doing? And I judge that by my behavior or actions, right? So many of us have to-do lists, even on the weekends, these to-do lists. And it's like, if I've done a million things, then that means I'm good. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily, you know, or we think uh, if I can just look at it logically, that will solve it. But I want you to know, as I'm sure many of you have discovered, that our hearts don't always follow the rules of logic, right? It may not make sense to a lot of people. It might not even make sense to you, but you feel what you feel, right? And so a part of my healing and my homecoming is reconnecting to my heart and recognizing uh, the gift of my feelings, right? The gift, there is some wisdom that comes from the heart. There is some learning that comes from the heart. And so uh, not to judge it or condemn it, but to purely, right? With a purity of purpose, really sit with how do I feel, right? To really connect to that and if I start to uh, reflect on matters of the heart and heal matters of the heart, then I will show up more authentically. And so this is very important. And then we also recognize as it relates to indigenous healing, that culture is medicine. Culture is medicine. And so some of us, are disconnected from home uh, symbolically because we are disconnected from our roots culturally. So maybe you bought into the negative stereotypes about your culture or about your heritage, or maybe even your parents told you that you had to leave your language and ways behind in order to be acceptable. Maybe you have been taught to be ashamed of your culture or heritage as you look at uh, the media, as you look at 
who are the people in positions of power. But I want you to know that a part of your healing requires coming home also to your roots, coming home to the gift that is your culture, that is your heritage, that is part of your identity. And so if you did not grow up learning it, researching uh, your, your ethnicity, your ethnic group, and the legacy and history and contributions, not just the trauma, the oppression, the pain of being a part of that community, um, but really, you know, what was created, right? What was known, what was valued and appreciated. And so an aspect of indigenous healing is recognizing that culture and cultural connection is a form of medicine. And that even if I didn't grow up knowing it, it is not too late to learn it, uh, to appreciate it, and to, uh, and to embrace it, right? That is of resistance, that I refuse to surrender to the lies I have been told about my heritage, and I'm going to find some goodness in there, right? I'm going to find uh, something about myself that is celebration worthy. I'm going to release the shame and embrace the truth, right, of who I am and what I come from. Yes. Another aspect of indigenous healing is recognizing that talking is not the only path to healing. Let me say that again. And I know that's a dangerous thing for a psychologist to say, but more and more psychologists are recognizing um, that while talk therapy can be beneficial, there are some additional practices uh, that can be very therapeutic and healing. And many of those are related to the expressive arts. And so there can be healing that happens in my dancing, right? And I love to name uh, dancing and movement in particular um, as a sexual assault survivor that is important for me. It was important for me to reclaim my relationship with my body, my understanding of my body. And so I could sit and talk and there are some things that, uh, you know, that I work out in the talking, uh, but there's an aspect of my healing that does not get tapped into until I move my body, which is why I appreciated Mickey uh, in the poem talking about stomping, right? Moving your feet. Uh, there's also, you know, from indigenous healing, craft making, arts, beadwork, uh, visual art, painting as a form of healing. Uh, there's also uh, drama and poetry and music that is healing. And so uh, storytelling is a really healing practice uh, within indigenous communities. And so to reclaim our story, to reclaim your imagination and creativity, because when we are creating something new, trying to create a new life, then engaging in the arts frees us up to be able to do that, liberates us to be able to look at our lives in new ways. And so I invite you to consider Along with talking, I do think talking can be very helpful. Along with talking, what are other avenues for me to pursue my homecoming? 
So for some, it is with cooking and the culinary arts. Uh, for some, it is with the dramatic arts. Uh, for some, it is in silent meditation or prayer. So what are the ways in which I can connect with myself and my possibility in brand new ways? And then indigenous uh, healing would also recognize the role of indigenous healers, right? That there are healers within your community um, that can contribute to the path. And it is important that we each, as we often say, do our own work, right? So it's not just that you're looking for someone to do it for you, but along with this homecoming process, and I know some of you are in therapy, I invite you to also think about if there are members of your family or members of your cultural community or your religious or spiritual tradition that you find uh, their presence to be healing. Because often we think about people who drain us or people who create stress for us or people for whom it has been challenging to relate to. Um, but I invite you to think about if you have ever had the gift of being in the presence of a healer. Again, it may have been a cultural healer, a religious healer, it could be a family member, one of your elders, grandma, auntie. Uh, it could be a friend. You may have a friend and in their presence, there is healing. You know, there's something in psychology which we call co-regulation. I may have mentioned this on another episode, but when we're feeling disrupted, when we're feeling overwhelmed, and when we're feeling stressed, when we're in the presence of certain people, there is a calming that happens, right? That some people, uh, their presence is peaceful for us. That when we are in loving relationship, whether platonic friendship or romantic relationships, uh, sometimes those relationships can be healing and therapeutic. And so along with thinking about mental health professionals, I invite you to also think about other healers, right? Additional healers that help you to come home to yourself. And when you are in the presence of someone who is healing, it's important to take note of it, to be aware of it. Because as I said, our mind often goes to the negative. We can list very quickly the people who get on our nerves, <laughs> right? I could list very easily the people that are frustrating or the people I would rather not run into. But for us to really sit and consider, maybe even journal about who are the people whose presence in my life has been healing, whether they traditionally call themselves a healer or not, uh, whether they come from my culture, my religion, my friendship circle, a relative, what it meant for you to be in their presence. And if you're still in relationship with them, um, if that is still possible. And you want to always be mindful of the impact that other people have uh, on your life and on your journey, right? And then the last Indigenous healing practice I want to mention 
is bland. Connecting with land and connecting with nature. And so uh, we get so caught up, especially, you know, these phones and tablets are addictive. And many people uh, have uh, virtual fatigue with all this time we are spending online and this year in particular. Uh, but there is something very healing, something therapeutic about getting outside and really being present, you know, being present and appreciative of the trees, of the air, of the water, of the earth, really taking time to reflect and consider the birds in the sky, to really have gratitude and appreciation for the fish in the ocean, to really take in the fullness of uh, this gift, this masterpiece that is around us. And, you know, I often tell people when I first moved to Los Angeles and, you know, saw the palm trees and uh, the beaches, I, you know, thought to myself, oh, this is so beautiful. But sometimes you can be somewhere so long you take it for granted. And so, you know, you're just going through the busyness of life, distracted and disconnected from the world, right? The real world, right? Not the technology world, but the real living, breathing world. And so I invite you to think about setting some time out this week to connect with nature, to really sit in it if possible, to reflect on it, to appreciate it, to have gratitude for the gift and the beauty that is around us and that is within us because we are a part of that, right? We are a part. Uh, of this, of the natural world. And so I know I mentioned that that was the last one, but I do want to also say uh, with indigenous healing, there are practices and ceremonies um, that uh, communities engage in regularly uh, in order to heal. And so I invite you to think about if you're a part of a cultural tradition or a spiritual tradition uh, that has rituals or daily practices or practices for, for special occasions, if it feels like an alignment for you to participate in those practices, uh, that that may be a gift for your healing and for your release and for your growth. And if you're not a part of those traditions, or even if you are, you may want to also create your own ceremony, right? What, what would a ceremony look like that would represent your homecoming, that represents where you are at this time of the year, at this point in your journey? And that ceremony could be any number of things. Some people like to release balloons. Some people would like to invite family and friends to be there. Some of you may want to light candles or incense. Some may want to read a passage that you wrote or a passage that means something special to you. And so whatever it looks like, if it was my ceremony, I would put on some music and dance. <laughs> so I invite you to consider either participating in a practice or a ceremony that aligns with you and your traditions or to create one 
for yourself. And it may be a ceremony that is for you um, by yourself, or it may be a ceremony that you would like to invite some members of your community to bear witness and to engage in with you. So I am excited that you're here on this journey, and I want you to know that we can be open to the various pathways, all of the wisdom that we hold. And so uh, Western psychology uh, has wisdom in it, but it is not the sole source of wisdom. Uh, there is some wisdom that your grandparents held. Uh, there is some wisdom that comes from your culture. There is some uh, wisdom that may come from your faith traditions and there's some wisdom that comes within you. You are a wisdom carrier. I want you to know it. I invite you to really embrace that truth. And it doesn't mean that we uh, haven't been on detours or made mistakes or, you know, that we're growing, but there is wisdom. There is wisdom in you. And I honor that. I honor that. I invite your soul to tell your heart mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.